Did you see the tweet that I liked that said um, it was like that nineteen t- that boy from eight eight year old oversleeping in nineteen ten. Oh beans, the boss at the poison factory is, is for sure gonna be steamed at me. <laughs> oh beans, oh beans, the boss <laughs> at the poison factory. <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Also, here's a good question. So, one of these nights, we were watching that weird Shia LaBeouf movie. Um, it's not weird, but it's about, it's that biopic, the, about that golf movie for on mm-hmm. Disney. It's on Disney Plus. Plus, oh, I like, choked when I said plus the first time. Okay. But it's about, it's a, it's a real story about, like, this, where golfing was, like, a classist thing. Sure. And, and Shia LaBeouf's in it? Shia LaBeouf is, like, he's, like, the poor... Like, he works at his dad's shop, but he loves golf, and he's a caddy, and he wants to golf, but, like, everybody's like... It's like a real movie movie. Yeah. Is it new? I can't believe that you want to golf. You're poor. (laughs) Everybody's like, yeah. Poor guy. Okay, let's be honest. Golf is still pretty classic. It's so pretentious. But but if someone was like, yeah, I don't make a lot of money, but I'm really good at golf, people are like, you know, no one's going to be like, you can't play. You know, that's how it was back then. Anyways, we were talking about what's the worst decade in the 1900s to live in. And I said it was that one. The, like, 1910s. <laughs> you think that's the worst? Jeb, listen, people have good no, arguments 20, about, like, the Depression. That said, yeah, stuff. like, the 30s. Like, the Depression is... Or post-Depression, yeah. No, like, the Depression has got to be the worst era to live in. Yeah, America. which makes it the 30s, because it's, like, technically... Like, Gentry was like, oh, the 20s. And Jeb was like, well, that's... The roaring 20s. The roaring yeah. 20s. End of the 20s, it's, into the 30s is mm-hmm. the worst time to live in America. Yeah, but I think I was just watching like the things that they were doing in 1913, and it it was like it's such a weird period of time because it's like well, but then you, lots well, of did old 1910 stuff. also well, pretty bad because that was when uh, that was around when like the Jungle came out that book about the the meatpacking industry, mm-hmm. and it was like how there was like all there just it was disgusting and like the like oh workers' rights in the early 1900s were bad fingers like, and chicken. We're also getting to that time where we would have been drafted. <laughs> yeah yeah it would have been gross but there was this one scene in there in that movie where this guy stands up and he's like supposed to be the hot shot it's like the it's like britain versus like america and he's like the hot shot american guy but like the big hero in the movie is like this british the big hero six yeah the big hero is this, is this british golfer who's like unbelievably good and hid his past from like he's like used to be poor anyways this guy gets up and he stands up and he's like he's like yeah can't wait to play in this tournament with the with the legend, the man, the myth, the legend, and he, you know, he was playing golf when I was learning my ABCs, and everybody's like, ah, 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 ah. and then he just like, I mean, so fast is like, but this is America's game. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like you hear the crowd go, dude. Speaking of that, you know what uh, America's podcast is. The play by your podcast, your one-stop shop for music news, movie reviews, and um, Thor, Love and Thunder review. Ten-second review, no spoilers. It was good. Uh, you should watch it. It was fun. Very funny. It was a fun movie. If you like Taika Waititi, you're going to love the movie. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. If you, for whatever reason, don't think Taika Waititi's funny, go mm-hmm. to hell. And for that reason, <laughs> are a worse human being. Yeah. Someone said that to me. Or maybe they didn't say it directly to me. I like saw it on Instagram. Like stories or something Dang, like that like, like yeah well they were like yeah it just wasn't for i just the humor didn't hit huh okay <laughs> okay cool. weird, weird um yeah it was it was a fun movie um also i watched minions for the first time ever in preparation of minions rise of Gru, but not in preparation like i'm gonna throw bananas at a screen 
or dress up in a suit because if you do that, hey, if you do that, and I'm going to drink my coffee before I say this. If you do that, you're the scum of the earth. Or <laughs> or you're the owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team. Shout out. Boom. No free shout outs. <laughs> shout out. No free shout outs. <laughs> Yeah, this episode uh, sponsored by the Savannah Bananas. Thank you. They don't know this, but they're gonna get a bill. Savannah Bananas, give me a hideous jersey, please. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those bright yellow jerseys with like neon undertones. I have to imagine. Okay, also for anyone who doesn't know, the Savannah Bananas are a minor league team in Savannah, and they are like they're like famous for like being goofy and dumb, and like they do things like they'll be like they'll be. In the outfield, like pitchers on the mound, getting ready to throw, and then they'll like play a song through the stadium, and then everyone will dance. Like the players will dance on the field. And here's the thing: that's kind of fun. It seems so fun, but you have to imagine, like you get like you get picked up by the Savannah Bananas. You're a little bit like, oh, well, it's God. like it's it's a lot of like ex. So it's like an independent league. So it's a lot of ex like college baseball players. And two, I was looking. This blew my mind the other day. Three or four of those dudes got drafted last year. Really? Yeah. Apparently, it's just like a fun thing for like ex-college dudes. I I feel like the Savannah Bananas. That concept of them having like a goofy time would be good if they were like, or would be would be better if it was if they were unbelievably good at baseball. Like that, like well, no, that I weird just, like side I, no, strategy. Well, but putting it in the context of them being like they're like they ex-college players like not expecting to go to the league or anything mm-hmm. like they're just doing it for fun. Like that is better. I was thinking of it as like oh, it's a minor league team. That is like, you know, like, because if you're playing in the minor leagues, you're trying to get to the major leagues, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like, like, it's very Harlem Globetrotters-esque. Just the games, from what I've heard and seen, are not like rigged. In... Or like goofy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. But I tell sure. you what. And they got the grannies, the, 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 what are they called? The banana grannies or whatever. <sighs> yeah, something like that. They just got like a, a slew. It's like 20 older women that like come out and dance. What's that? They're like, like famous, their cheerleaders. What's that, that cheerleaders. famous, uh, What's that famous uh, slew of grandmas that do like crazy stuff and they dance? What I'm talking about? They were like on Oprah, I think, or like I Ellen. think that I think these, it's them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're talking about the same thing. Mm. <clears throat> that or or are you talking about the old lady who's been to every single Bonnaroo? Mm-mm. There's this old woman who's been to every single Bonnaroo. That's crazy. And she and she, every year she gets to, she's like her seats are like backstage. She just gets to stand <laughs> on the side and watch the music from there. That's dope. Last yep. note about the Savannah Bananas. Um, they got a really good banana cream beer. It's their special beer. Went to their field, tried it. Shout out Will Gentile. Thanks. That sounds delicious. Also, yeah. did that hurt? No. <laughs> it didn't. I, that's why I made that face. I was like, ooh. Oh, no. Charlie just bumped his elbow really hard on the side of the wall. It wasn't, it wasn't that hard. It um, sounded yeah. thick. Um, okay, well, let's let's get going here so we're not here all night. Um, all night. Yeah. You know, all like night, the big boy song. Oh, nine. Oh, you do. Because it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I want to kick it with you all night. Uh-huh. All night. Suck it up game like a wet vac. Jenny. <laughs> At Jenny. So, I think come. Yeah, so this week. This week we watched Horse Sense. We're on the decom grind. All right. Oh, wait, I didn't even introduce us. I'm one of your hosts, Charlie Big Papa Pump. Come around and uh, thumbs up. All the hoochies come around. We're so yeah. tired right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not that tired. 
I slept like six hours. I got. I'm. I'm, I'm fine. I think you're the most. Yeah, tired. Like, I think you were the only one who's actually. You drink a Red Bull at eight. Yeah, and watch like the movie in three separate compartments, all separated by me falling asleep sure. during the movie. Um, <laughs> alongside me is Pearson Big Fart Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thumbs up for me too. Cool, great. And alongside him is Matt R. McKnight in shining armor, aka the graduate, aka sleepy boy. I am McKnight. Sleepy. I am. Oh, gotta... I'm a Red Bull, two McDoubles, and a large Coke from Mickey D's deep on the day. So <laughs> you got a sound by uh, uh like a, like an old timey like cartoon sleepy like. <laughs> The SpongeBob thing. <laughs> You're asking a lot of me, fellas. Um, like where their nightcap is like hanging below their mouth and they blow it up every time they go. Yep. 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 <laughs> like Scrooge. Pearson, if you ever got hit in the head really hard, I think that you would go into a coma in real life, but in your head, you'd be in a cartoon world. <laughs> Just living his best life, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah he's yeah. Pearson's having a great time in his cartoon world, and the rest of us are just like deathly worried. Like, but he, he thinks it's a dream. Yeah, like he has no idea are the we, terminal like, danger. Are he's going to be able to wake him up. Just like if someone if someone had like, the doctor's the like the, the doctor like, goes in. the doctor goes it, it's going to be a long shot. He yeah. wakes up. What year is it? Twenty forty six. I was okay. Realistically, if you were in a coma, oh right, like a coma. Realistically, that, guys. So realistically, <laughs> if you were in a coma. That like, it, like no, like no signs pointing to you waking up from the coma. Okay. Would you rather be left <laughs> in your co- comatose state, or would you rather have the blood explode? Oh right. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real question. Like, what would you? You got to have an answer for this. Yeah. Because what's going happen? Like, this is like deep morale. This is like a deep morality question that like I had to like ponder. If one of us ends up here, this episode is not gonna age well at all. Um. I would say keep me on the like give me like a good few months to like recover and then if it's not happening like six months dude i don't know i don't maybe a year i'm just saying i don't want to be in a coma for more than a year give me two years i don't know dude i don't know (laughs) i'm trying to come back captain america style you can't choose what your family wants But also, you, well, no, but you can go, but like, you can, but like, well, I, just, I, like for me, I would say to my family, I'd say, hey, this is realistically what I want. Ultimately, if I'm in the coma, though, it's y'all's decision, but this is what I want. And then it, they would hopefully, hopefully, you know, like your wife, dude, like she's going to have, I don't have a wife, I'm, but like, I'm saying like, if like, let's just give it, if you're in a coma, are you saying right now, like right now, I was thinking well, like no, in but the I'm future. Saying, but, yeah. But, but we're planning it now. For, I whatever, know, but like, if, if you I had, had a, a wife, yeah, but you if, know how hard. <laughs> if you're like six months, you know how hard. You know, like the countdown that she'd be going through. Wouldn't, if, okay, but it wouldn't. Month would be no, torture. but it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. I, look, I'm not saying like here's the hard cutoff. I'm just saying like, basically, I'm saying like if it's not if if I hit a year and it really is not looking any better, like that my quality of life is so low. One and two, you as my family or wife's life quality has got to be so because you got to be getting worried about that. And then I don't want it to be this thing like, oh, you can't move on because I'm still in the hospital. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, just end, like, what, like it's not a big deal. Like, Ugh. what a grueling thing. Dude, we maybe I'll get reincarnated as something. Who knows? <laughs> this feels gross. Here's a, here's a brighter question. 
What would you do if you saw a minion in real life? Kick it. <laughs> I think I would shoot it with a gun. I think I would shoot it with a gun. Imagine seeing a real, like a like a hyper realistic minion, like what it would look like in the real world. And it comes up to you and goes, I like a caracha. I'd be like this. I would punch that thing into the next Dude, I would rid the world of them as much as I could. I would tie it to train tracks. Double guns. Okay, now hold on though. But in in the minions movies, in Despicable Me movies, like it doesn't seem like people are that freaked out by them. So it kind of reminds me of last week I watched the Scooby Doo movies, and there's that scene in the first one where Scooby gets snuck on the plane to Scary Island by being by being dressed as a grandma, and like somehow it's like okay, one I saw like some tweets. This was months ago now, and they're like. How did no one notice? They did. He walked <laughs> the scene before they're on the airplane where they're in the airport. People are like pointing and laughing because they're like, "That hey, is dog. a dog." <laughs> so it's like pretty clear. But then Mary Jane also does not realize that it's a dog. So like some people don't realize. Well, it. but I here's what I'll say: she's kind of dumb. It, mm. Yeah, but like regardless, if 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 a dog dressed like a grandma could be passed off as a human. I think the the minions. I think it, realistically, if we saw minions, our first reaction would not be like, "What's this abomination?" Let's kill it. I think it's more like the ones with one eye. Not just thinking, be like, oh, "That's a weird looking person with one cyclops eye." See, I Pearson. Picture... Some humans have one eye. I've Are never you... seen someone with a cyclops eye though. Yeah, but that just sounds like oh god, it sounds so ableist. Yeah, but here's a little the, bit. Here's but the like deal. at yeah. the same time, people people who have one eye kill them. No one has a cyclops eye. It is people two foot five. If it's I also saw... seems a little racist because. Uh, oh what my. are you saying about people with yellow skin? If Jeez. I oh my god, if I saw one of those things in like I'm talking live action, skin kind of wrinkly, mm-hmm. like looking like a person's skin, I would kill that thing. Dude. <laughs> no, okay, let's move on to horse sense. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm, I was doing my impersonation of Scooby on the plane. Excuse me. That is kind of what he does. <laughs> right, Reggie? Right. <laughs> wow, that was good. That was, that was so good. That was pretty good. Um, okay, so I'm going to try again. I was curious. Up for I was it. so ready to try again. The application okay. made me want to keep going. Okay, Horse Sense uh, is released in 1999, uh, directed by Greg Beeman. And what did Greg Beeman do? Anything else of of, of note? No, no, nothing really, nothing really big. Okay, yeah, so brothers Joey and Andrew Lawrence are starring, and do do do, and it is, yeah, it, it also has a, oh, Joey Lawrence, I guess is the older brother, was a co-producer, and it does have a sequel called Jumping Ship. The The younger brother was a producer for this movie? No, the older brother. Mm-hmm. So um, Andrew's the young boy. Yes. Um, Tommy. Yep, and 92 minutes long. That's it. Okay, so let's let's get into it. So what did y'all think of Horse Sense? Matt, go ahead. Good, not great. Okay. It's so fine. Yeah, it, I thought it was, I thought it was a, I thought it was a watchable movie. I was never really bored with it. Um, I mean, when I said like, I was never, okay, like 13th year was bad and boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. This was like yeah. fine and it wasn't boring because I was kind of like, it just felt like there were parts where it dragged on where it like, it, it, it's almost like they could have like 
gone from start to finish in an hour flat, but they were like, oh, it's like not technically a movie if we don't hit an hour and a half, so we need to fill it with as many examples of Michael being a jerk as possible. You and know? like, like there, there was the first two scenes of him being a ranch hand were enough, and then they were like, let's make, let's give them five examples of what it, how shitty his life on the ranch is. No, I, I just, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that I don't know. Overall, yeah, I, I just didn't. It, it didn't bug me. Uh, I felt like it was a pretty concise movie. It no, didn't feel long, you know. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Michael's girlfriend gave me way too much sympathy for Michael <laughs> in the early stages of the movie. I was like, I feel bad for this boy. No, I yeah. did, no, I did not. Because wait, what? Hold on, wait. You were saying that his girlfriend made you feel bad for him. Yeah, I just. Are you kidding? No, 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 no. Yeah, okay, but yeah, she stinks, and he was bending over backwards and being an absolute dick. Oh yeah, her. no, 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 no. I do no. not feel bad for he him. He was still, he was still being a dick. I don't feel bad don't for him at wrong. the beginning of the movie. At the end of the, near, in other parts of the movie, yes, absolutely, they were torturing him. They were torturing the boy. But like at the <laughs> beginning true. of the movie, yeah. How old is he? Let's. let's how old is he? He's in college. He's twenty. He dropped out. He's right? twenty. No, he's in college. Yeah, he's still oh, in I thought college. he dropped out. Of no, college. do you not nah. remember the first scene of the movie where they're in class? Yeah, I do. But I thought like he had failed out of college, which is like one of the transgression number one that his parents had with him. No, he didn't fail out. He just wasn't doing great in school. Uh, okay, okay, okay. He got like a D on that paper or whatever. That's. I mean, <laughs> next semester, next semester, his conversation with his advisors like, I don't know if he can. Come back. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not that bad. You're I'm sure probation. it's... No, I bet it's not even that. I bet it's like, oh, you're going to have to retake that class. For sure. But also, we don't yeah. know if that was his final grade. That was just the big paper. The paper. Yeah. So, like, maybe he, like, maybe... I don't know. I, have, I don't know what his academics are, but it doesn't seem like he was getting kicked out or soon to be kicked out. But I'm sure his parents were like, hey, we're paying for college. Like, you better get grades. So, I, but I, the reason I mainly ask that is because he's young, you know? He's, he's young in, in that relationship. So maybe he, you know... I feel, I feel for I, I get what Matt's saying. I feel for him. And he's, obvi- he's so obviously a people pleaser. And it's just like, yeah, man. I'm, I'm he's trying there. to find his way. Yeah, I get it. Your okay. girlfriend stinks. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's. Okay, Pearson, hit the plot song. Wiki, wiki. Plot. Hey. Plot. Plot. It's time for the hate. Plot. Hey. Plot. Hey. It's time for the hate. Hey. It's time for the hate. Wiki, 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 Fresh. Mm. I like the way that it did, but I was hoping that we had said the same thing. Y'all got into it for a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so plot time here. Um, and now I'm going to do the whole thing in an accent. What if I did that? What if I recorded the whole thing with an accent? Be miserable. I'd leave the room. <laughs> Be miserable. I don't think I could. I don't think I could keep it up for that long. Um, You'd break. Hundred percent. Okay. Uh, Michael Woods is a lazy, preppy twenty-year-old living off his parents' wealth in Los Angeles, while struggling mm-hmm. through college classes and dating a spoiled heiress named Gina, whom his family dislikes. Michael learns that his eleven-year-old cousin Tommy Biggs, whom he has not seen since a family reunion several years earlier, will soon be arriving from Montana to visit. Michael casts Tommy aside during his visit, prioritizing his social life and the demands of his girlfriend's girlfriend over his guest. Um. So, first paragraph here. So first, first off, so the very opening scene is um, Tommy's mom cooking breakfast, mm-hmm. and oh boy, did that breakfast look good! So, <laughs> oh, so, so good. To anyone listening who didn't watch this, it's like picturesque 
breakfast, like big slabs of bacon, mm-hmm. heaping pile of eggs, mm-hmm. like surely some country ham in there, like a stack Ugh. of pancakes. Oh, yep. man. I, the, it looked so good, I made note of how good it looked. <laughs> that's that countryside breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, that bre- that's that breakfast that... Actually, I don't know what I was I also said, uh, <laughs> untuck that boy's shirt from his jeans. So Tommy's been walking around yeah. with his shirt tucked so far down his jeans. It, in it Montana. Doesn't matter. The countryside. Okay, but I'll say this to anyone. Don't. Like, if you are a child, don't tuck your shirt into your pants. Unless you're, like, working. Like, I get it if he's, like, riding the horse. You know? Like, doing some yard work, whatever. But, like... I don't know, man. He just, like, it just looks so goofy. And like, I listen, I've got family out in the country in North Carolina. The kids be doing that out there too. And they all <laughs> look goofy. That's, it's, it seems to be strategic for the, for the work that is ahead of them for the day. That's what kids in Davie did, dude. What? Yeah, dude. Like, like in high school? Popular kids. What? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it, I just don't, it, I don't know, man. I, like, I wouldn't go to class like that, but <laughs> I wouldn't sit at a desk like that. But maybe like honestly, but here's the thing: it's the people. It's the people who you know who it is though. Those kids that were doing that in school. Let me guess. Let me guess. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they were the kids who were like proud to know that they could drop out of school anytime because they were going to work on the farm regardless, or just be an auto mechanic. I mean, those were the guys. <laughs> those were the guys that would buy like the substitute teachers, like Grizzly Wintergreen. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah, that was that happened. Oh yeah. What? <laughs> when I got like older, I was it. It was legal when you were eighteen, and when I was a senior, we had this substitute teacher, and he is a very old man who has like eight hundred and sixty some odd wrestling wins in North Carolina. So he's like a random famous high school wrestling coach, and he would have <laughs> some of the like country boys go to the gas station beside the high school and buy him dip. I feel like you told us this once. Yeah. Yeah. That's not surprising one bit. I'm also having terrible deja vu. Okay. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh. It's really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Like I remember even saying terrible deja vu was deja vu. Ooh, Inception. (sighs) I got to take a break. Hmm. Um, Kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, I'm back. So, yeah. Okay. So then we cut to Michael. Uh, he's waking up in his bedroom. His bedroom is crazy. His bedroom yeah. crazy. Uh, his, I said his uh, bedroom's a 90s fever dream. It's just like the <laughs> most like, what's the 90s? Everything just slammed in there. Yep. Just compiled. Uh, his alarm clock was crazy. It was like a video screen of these lips that were like, wake up, wake up, so wake weird. up. <laughs> Uncomfortable. Which feels so out of place for the setting of this movie. Yeah, but it feels perfectly in place for Matt. We know how much he loves yeah. the sexy time Matt of these said, things. I need that alarm clock. Uh-huh. No, dude. Uh-huh. Let me go to the history. <laughs> Deal. It's Prime Day. <laughs> Prime Day's coming up. Matt's like, I wonder if we could find a, lip, an alarm clock like that. Lip somewhere. alarm clock. While we keep talking, I'm going to look it up. So. Um, okay. Uh, so. Okay, so on Tommy's last day in California, the family housekeeper Arlene makes Michael aware of his mistreatment towards Tommy and threatens to tell his parents about it. Michael decides to take Tommy to Disneyland to make up for it. Okay, time out. So, yeah, Tommy has, Tommy's come to L.A. for a week, and Tommy's, like, so excited about it because mm. he loves Michael, and he's also only ever, like, been in Montana. Like, you know, <laughs> like he's never even seen the <laughs> He's beach. so ready to get out. Yeah, and so he gets there, and... 
Michael's like, what do you want to do? Like, we can do anything. He's like, oh, like, this would be cool. Like, oh, like, let's go to the beach. Like, let's go to Disneyland. Let's go to Adventure Park, whatever. I don't know. Like, he's listing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And Michael's like, yeah, we'll do it. And then Michael consistently is like, uh, like, sorry, I'm busy right now, but like, we'll go tomorrow. And then it goes a whole week, a whole week leaving Tommy just in the house by himself watching movies or like playing outside by himself. He, the scene of him kicking the soccer ball, but barely kicking it outside in the front of the so house. So sad. It was Dude, so sad. It was so sad. And, then Ar- and Arlene was like. Uh-uh. And he still had a, <laughs> he still had his shirt tucked into his jeans out there just kicking the soccer ball yeah. around. It's, it's, oh god. It, but this this did make me mad cuz it's just the most like dude like you wh- how did you go 5 6 days like just leaving him alone? Like I just don't understand conceptually how did he and he goes it's already been a whole week. What? That was the, hilarious. <laughs> also this that scene in the movie convicted me cuz I was like do I treat my cousins bad? <laughs> Do I, I or more of like I need to treat my cousins better. <laughs> yes. Like I'm like like I don't ever I've never done that to my cousins. Like when obviously like when I see them it's like funny playtime, but it's like <sighs> I'm gonna call my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm about to do? I'm gonna call my cousin. Hey um, cousin. At this point in the movie, I made a note that Tommy is a gym. I love Tommy at the beginning here. He's such a sweet kid. He's really understanding for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, later in the movie, my opinion on him changes a little bit, but <laughs> we'll get to it when we get to it. Um, so, okay. So then, um, so yeah, so basically Michael is, uh, so, hold on a so yeah, so Michael's about to take him to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the thing, I got to give props to Michael. He did own up to his mistake here. He was like, dude, I am so sorry. I did not realize it. And I know that doesn't make it up. But, like, let's go to, like, he was, he was totally willing to be like, I for sure goofed. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, he did continue to make a huge goof, goof right after this. He did. But I'm just saying, I, I wanted to give props, like, that took a lot of that took a lot of guts for him yes. to be to be totally willing to just like take that on the chin. But how genuine is it to this next part? <sighs> I mean, I think it was genuine, but I do think that he still just didn't have his priorities straight. But yeah, so uh, uh, Michael decides to take Tommy to Disneyland to make up for it. However, en route to the theme park, Michael receives a phone call from Gina, pleading for him to meet her at the racetrack so she can introduce him to her father. Michael <laughs> capitulates and leaves. What a word. Why, Joe, whoever is making these DCOM Wikipedia entries has always got something crazy going on. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so Michael capitulates and leaves Tommy at a children's daycare center, then drives to the track for a brief visit. Okay, uh, one, the daycare daycare center is like, was like very seriously for like four year olds. And he's like, and Tommy is like 11. He's 11. And he's like, no, I used to have so much fun coming here as a kid. Like, Michael said that when he dropped him off. Mm. Dude. Also, like, just if you had left him at home and ditched him again, would have been a better day. Better. Would have been a better day. Than to be trapped there. 100%. I'd be, oh, man, I'm surprised Tommy didn't plan Michael's death. (laughs) Um, I would have plotted to kill him. (laughs) So, Michael charms Gina's father over the course of a couple hours. Couple (laughs) hours. Um... When Michael realizes how late it is, he hurries back to pick up Tommy and accidentally collides his Porsche Boxster with another vehicle belonging to a woman named Deidre White. Why do they know her name? She never what said it. It was never said. Is going on with these plots. The same person makes every single one of these. 
But it's like the lack of details where they're important and then the like overly detailed areas where it doesn't matter. Like when they described what Johnny Tsunami's best friend's dad did for a paragraph as a job. They're... That one made more sense than this. This it, this is more akin <laughs> to like when they're like, oh, and this is this character's middle name. When did we ever hear that? <laughs> well, who's, whose middle name was Bartholomew? <laughs> no. uh, it was... Uh, it was uh, Can of worm? No. no, it was Johnny. It was Grandpa from Johnny's. That's, That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> um, we never heard it. <laughs> okay. Uh, afterwards, Michael learns Arlene had picked up Tommy several hours earlier. So basically, Tommy got dropped off, and within an hour, it was like, Arlene, please come pick me up. Yeah, F this place. Good for him. Good for him. Um, Tommy returns to Montana, and Michael's parents, Glenn and J- Glenn and JC. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michael's parents, Glenn and JC, are upset when they learn about his neglect. They later learn about his automobile accident and determine that the appropriate disciplinary action is to have him work at his Aunt Jules ranch in Montana for a month. Okay, time out here. So, yeah. The cops come. Yeah, so Michael, so Michael hits Deidre White and <laughs> is like, here, like, here's my insurance information. Gives her a card. Leaves. And then uh, later when uh, Michael's parents are berating him already about, like, basically being a dick to, uh, to Tommy all week, the cops come and they're like, yeah, like, your son was involved with a hit and run. After he lies to his parents about what happened. Yes. Well, because Michael said it was a hit and run. Yeah. But it was him hitting and running. <laughs> and then the cops were like, yeah, like he gave, he gave the wrong insurance information. Luckily, she got the license plate as he was leaving. And then Michael's like, I must have given her the wrong information. But I am torn. Do we think that he actually, it was an accident? Because he seemed very genuine when he was giving her that. Or do we think that he's just a lying snake? No, no, no. I think it's in, I think it's smack dab in the middle because I think he j- wanted to give the insurance card, but he didn't care. Like he didn't care enough. Like if you hit somebody, you if someone hit me, oh man, they better take the care and like. Making sure one, you're okay. He also and then two, did, giving her the right stuff. Okay, but he did check if she was okay, and then also was like, and then he lied and was like, "It is a family emergency." The, so yes. he could escape. I, yeah, I'm like torn because I don't think that he. I, honestly, I'm team. I don't think he purposefully gave the wrong information. I think he just wrote it down wrong. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's but it, but the reasoning behind why he wrote it down wrong. Yeah, is he, because well, he he's shouldn't selfish. Have, yeah, he shouldn't have been to the racetrack in the first place. No. Um. Okay, so, yeah, so basically they his parents are like, okay, you're going to the to Montana for a month. So I guess school is over. Yeah, no, so yes, that was the, so that, that test was his final in that mm. class. And mm. then, um, oh yeah, also, I don't, they, like, didn't really bring it up. So yeah, the very beginning, uh, Michael's in college and he gets a grade back on his, like, final paper or whatever. And it was like a D so in this, like. It was also a very specific class. Like, oh, what class is this? Like, oh, yeah, like land deeds. <laughs> Which plays a huge role. At the very end. It's, um, it just is it's weird. They, had, they needed to do that for, to piece it together. So, if Michael's parents get a negative telephone call from the bigs regarding him, they intend to cancel his upcoming trip with Gina to the French Riviera. Michael arrives at the ranch where he meets Jules Ranch Hands, Twister and Mule, as well as Tommy. Okay, we're gonna, let's get a couple things here. So, um... One, Gina's the worst, just in general. We'll get to more later, but I don't like Gina. They, her and Tommy have a weird interactions. 
And yep. in a sense of like for this Disney Channel movie, it's like very like yep. sexual tension. Um, okay. It's very strange. Okay. And then Mule is a Native American man and he seems very kind and like pretty, like just like a, a good fella. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he seems like the, the type of person to be like, haha, look at the city folk, but like here, let me show you how to do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Twister, on the other hand. <laughs> I hate Twister. With every fiber in my being, I know people like Twister, and I don't like them either. Twister, to anyone who doesn't understand, Twister is the type of person who is like, basically because you were not born in the middle of nowhere, working on a farm because you have no education opportunity, you are less than him. <laughs> like, And I, I even wrote down... Um, uh, Twister probably was at the insurrection on January 6th. So, <laughs> don't don't tell me that that dude was not that dude and that dude is a major Trump head. He's a MAGA freak. He for sure thinks the election was stolen. He's into QAnon. That's just like, such a funny QAnon. It's just such a funny note. He's, he's he, a funny he note. is like if okay, Twister if Twister was 30 years younger, he'd be like borderline neo-nazi okay <laughs> yeah and what stinks is that instead of tommy taking the his name's mule right instead of him taking the mule route he took the twister route when he was dealing with but yeah, i get it i made it a, okay sorry well, no no go you get, ahead no, you get it. it you get it i was just gonna say I, I get it because dude got neglected for a week he was so excited listen revenge okay and i get i get twister being annoyed with michael coming into it i really do but this whole the whole time twister continuously is like you don't know how to do this farm thing because you never grew up on a farm yeah like oh of course yeah <laughs> also dude, you're i hate him so much i had to make a note that i was like twister would make me call him out of his name multiple times and also there were so many moments where i was like if i was in michael's shoes i'd be like you want me to punch you in the mouth twister because he's jacked he's yeah first of all michael jacked he got muscles and twister i'd be like dude twister i'm gonna hit you square in the jaw because he would say so many just rude Here, things here's the thing twister's doing this i get his mo he's he's being like this so he can try to be like like his end goal is basically to try to humiliate michael to a point where he beat like he beats him down to where he's like actually working the problem is is that for me personally that would do the opposite effect. I would double down on doing nothing. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you think I'm lazy? Just you wait. <laughs> Just you wait. Oh, ooh, man, I would, let me tell you, oh, because I'm petty. And I know it. But like, Twister tell me to do something. I'd do it do exactly the way he said. And it would be so wrong. And I'd be like, no, you told me to do that. And then we'd get into an argument and then it would end up in fists. <laughs> it would end up physically. It would end up fighting. Hundred percent, dude. Well, he's just yeah. It's just it's just that concept of like he's like. There's so many moments where this is like, oh, I can't believe you didn't know how to do that. And, and it's like, dude, I live in L.A. You live in Montana. Yeah, I, it just whatever. He also uh, has a stupid nickname. Twister's Twister. a bad name. <laughs> um, it's the name of that kid from Rocket Power. Yep, it's also I'm pretty <laughs> sure a uh, call sign from one of the Top Guns. Twister? Yeah, that's yeah, it. I think it might be. Uh... Cyclone, maybe, is what I'm saying. Cy- um, Cyclone. So, yeah, also Michael shows up to Montana wearing, like, like Gucci branded like cowboy boots, like basically just flash. The way the fashion, the way that Michael, this is, and for all you just good, genuine, grew up in a country town people out there, 
Um, the way that Michael showed up to Montana is the way that people from Charlotte and other cities in North Carolina think that country people are like, which yeah. is the like gold chain, bean boots, well, camo, it's, no, rain it's jacket. The, it's, it's the <laughs> Dallas cowboy look. Like the, sure. you're, it's the, it's what it's, if you were in Texas and lived in Dallas and a millionaire and a millionaire, that's, <laughs> that's how he showed up dressing like yeah. to Montana where Twister the entire movie wore a leather vest. It's like what Keith it's it's like what Keith Urban wears to country concerts. Yeah. Yeah. Sings the, and sings like middle class work folk. Um <laughs> like, like that's what it is. So okay, so yeah, oh and then okay. <laughs> so on his first night, uh it's like it gets to be about like six o'clock and Tommy's like, Oh yeah, uh here if you want to watch TV, we got satellite TVs in here or whatever. Uh, Michael's like, thanks, man. He's like, yeah, cool. I, I'm going to hit the hay. He's like, oh, you don't want to watch TV? He's like, nah, yeah, I'm kind of tired. It's like 6 p.m. He's like, that's crazy. You're going to bed this early. So Michael stays up all night watching TV and then gets like two hours of sleep and gets woken up at 4.30 in the morning by Tommy, which I thought was funny. And that to me, to me, this right here is like the perfect level of revenge for Tommy to be getting on Michael mm-hmm. for what he did to him, mm-hmm. right? Um, so Michael, uh, so they get up early, Michael's being a baby about it. And then a twister also annoys me here where he's like, like they, they get up and breakfast is cooking and Michael's like, you know, I'm, you know, Michael in the morning typically is like drink a smoothie, like not, not a breakfast type. Mm-hmm. And so he sits down and he's like, Oh, like, I'm not going to eat any of this. Like, you know, do you have any Turkey bacon? And then, and then twister's like bacon is from a pig. <laughs> see, like, okay, here's the thing. Look, look. I do not want to perpetuate the stereotype that like, pe- like that country folk are stupid because I don't <laughs> think that's the case, and I don't think we should be saying that. But uh, Twister is stupid, <laughs> and because but like saying something like that, it's like it's so ignorant to just be like turkey bacon. Oh, you pansy! <laughs> like this, I just God, I hate I hate Twister so much. Just you wait till we get to ranking the villains. He's the kind of guy. Surpri- he's the, he's my surprise pick for the. He's villain. like, hey, Twister, I'm gonna head to town. I'm. Gonna, you want some coffee? And he's like, where are you gonna go? Starbucks? Sorry, I don't like sugar and cream in my coffee. It's gotta be black. And it's like, <laughs> okay, just say no. You know? Yeah. Take and then and then you go. <laughs> uh, well, did you know that coffee actually came from uh, Italy? Like that's why it's so popular here. Oh, Not yeah. American oh, yeah, coffee. Yeah, it's a European thing, huh? 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 <laughs> You like that? You like that? Oh, oh. Coffee is an American drink, and I want to take my coffee black, but not the way I like my people. Just <laughs> just like I only drive American-made vehicles. Twister for sure hates black people, and that's... He's never seen a black person. They live in that's Montana. That's why he hates them. <laughs> that's why he, he hates them. Think that's why exist. a lot... Listen, that's why a lot of people don't like black people, yeah. because they're like, I don't even know what they act like, so <laughs> I'm going to go based off what the movies tell me. Yep. Uh, okay, Michael is put... <laughs> and then they just see Kevin Hart making yeah. jokes. The, the, the black guy that I'm the most acquainted with is Kevin Hart, and he seems like a really obnoxious man. And it's like, dude... <laughs> and he's doing like a, a comedy sketch. <laughs> it's like, take it. The only Damn black people I've seen are when the white people dress up like black people on Hee Haw. <laughs> oh, gosh. What's uh, that called? Minstrel? It's like a minstrel? Minst- yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so Michael is put to work early the next morning, although every task he's assigned by Tommy is deliberately sabotaged to make his labor harder as revenge for his earlier neglect. Again, up to a certain point, I get it. Like, he's for sure getting back at Michael, and Michael deserves it, okay? Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's kind of pranky a little bit. It's yes. like, no harm... 
just like pranks that make Michael's life a little bit more difficult. Yes. Um, okay. And then the first task that he gets Michael to do is basically scoop up this manure and move it to the front of the the bull cage so that someone because someone's coming to pick it up because they're buying the manure. Okay. Mm. He does not tell him that there's a tractor that he can use, which uh, look. I get it, like, for the revenge, if it was just this. But, like, also, he, like, that to me, is, I'd be very upset because it's like, one, I've never used a tractor. Mm-hmm. How did you expect me to? Because then, ugh, ugh, everything about this, <laughs> it really all boils down to Twister. Okay? Because Twister and Mule show up and they're like, why are you doing it by hand? You yeah. could have used the tractor. Are you an idiot? What? Yes. I'm not. I don't know how to use a tractor. You never told me I could use the tractor. You said you got to move this from here to there. How would I know? And there's a wheelbarrow, which also makes their like the work at the end of the day wasn't done. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's so 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 that so they're shooting the, themselves in the foot because <laughs> I just can't. Just stand to get back at Michael, and so the so for the listeners, the common theme of a lot of these is basically Tommy gives Michael a task, and it's it's a fairly difficult task at face value, and then. Pretty much every single time. It's not difficult. It's just like labor intensive. Yeah, it's labor intensive. And at, at the end, at the end of every single task, pretty much Mule or Twister or both will be like, "Why don't you do it this way?" I mean, like literally all of the tasks. Are like, yeah. why don't you do it this way? And he's like, "No one told me." And then they'll and then they'll double down. Twister will be like, "Well, you're a lazy sack of poop," and that's why. That's why. I yeah, like if you weren't you. so lazy, you'd you'd figure out to use the tractor. And it's like, dude, I would have. I would if Michael had just I also, said, I would have done it quicker. He, I think that very first morning he proved he clearly was not lazy. He moved by hand, and I'm talking a giant mound of shit. <laughs> Which for me, he moved it. He moved it through the mud, and like he did some hard work, and did not complain. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even for me. He moved that poop a good. 45, 50 feet, and it wasn't blocking the gate after he moved it. Mm-hmm. He did why a good job. Just, why don't they just put the poop there to begin with? I don't know. That's my question. He was covered in the poop. <laughs> How can you look well, at somebody okay. and be like, you're a lazy well, okay, Yeah, because near, near the end, the wheelbarrow trips over, and he ends up falling like face first in this manure. Uh, I made note to say, uh, I said... Um, falling in the pile of shit would have been my final straw. It was the very first straw, and I would have said, "I am done. I'm not going to France. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not fa- you. I'm not. I'm not falling in this pile of manure and then having you laugh at me. Are you kidding me? I would, absolutely. Because it would be one thing if it was like, "Ha ha. Oh, let me help you up. Let me teach you from this, and like we'll, we'll get along from here." But instead, yeah. it's like, "Ha ha. You idiot. You stupid. You stupid boy." <laughs> <laughs> starts like he starts like wrinkling his mustache up a little bit, and he like takes his jaw out and yell a little bit louder. He takes his jaw out and yeah, throws on his face. I also made so I also made I also made note it that rubs it. honestly, like like they I, well, even right, so I wrote down honestly they can't get too annoyed with Michael if they're not even gonna tell him how to do anything. Yeah, like that. Like okay, so. um Michael eventually confronts Tommy regarding his behavior and reveals that he only got along with him at their family reunion years ago because they were the only children at the event. Michael, no longer caring if his parents cancel his trip, demands Tommy to leave him alone. The next morning, Twister reprimands Michael for his lazy behavior and his treatment towards Tommy. During their discussion, Michael is surprised to learn that the Bigs are suffering financial problems. Okay, a couple things. One, Michael did get a little foul with Tommy, for sure. Yeah, he, he like, crossed the line. <laughs> he really did cross the line. I do I do think that Tommy went way too far in his revenge. 
I will say the horse thing for Tommy, I'm cool with that. Like him getting on the horse and getting bucked into the bull thing because he yeah. wasn't listening to a thing. Tommy yeah, said. I, okay. See that some Look, of them make sense. Yes. No, because a lot of it boils down to Michael was not listening to Tommy, and like I think for the horse one, that was just like him being like way buck wild. But yeah. other times it's like, dude, just tell him tell what him. to do. Hundred percent. I think because you're you guys are ultimately putting more work on your back, and you're not teaching him anything. You're just like being dicks. bullying him. Yes. You're just bullying and. I think that that is, and I get it. It's it's like truly for like the plot of this movie. That's how it goes. But I think that's what maybe knocks it down a few pegs for me is because the whole working sequence and Michael failing and them laughing, whole, that whole sequence, it just feels chaotic and it feels like it could have been way more. Like in real life, way more. If someone told me, yeah, like this is what happened to my friend, I'd be like, dude, they did that. Both sides did that the the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, the uh, wrong way. So so after Michael berates Tommy, um, he goes to start building this fence, and then he's like sitting around waiting for uh, Twister to come around to tell him what to do, basically. Which again, Makes sense. that that is how I operate. I'm not gonna just do something. Don't get annoyed. Like, why don't you just start? I don't know how to build a fence. Yeah. Why did you expect me to? Be? Whatever. So <laughs> uh, I will say that. Uh, this scene where Michael's working on the fence, he was looking fine as hell. <laughs> yeah. He was looking cut. He like, was, and it was cut. that perfect amount of like sweat. Sweat. Yeah. Dude, he, he was glistening. I, listen, he was glistening. The dude was looking good. Um, and, oh, yeah. Okay. So, and then this is the part where uh, Twister is like, you don't even care that they're about to lose their ranch. And Michael's like, what are you talking about? He's like, <laughs> and then this is, this is like the boiling point for me with Twister. He's like, Classic lazy idiot. You don't even know. Yeah, no one told Michael. Why would he have known that they were going to lose the farm? It's like people are holding things against Michael that he has no control of or even knows about. That would be like, like, okay, like imagine... um, I'm trying to think of what, what a good example of this would be. It would be like, imagine you just got fired. Okay? Imagine you just got fired. You hadn't told... Like, so you get fired, you go home and like your friends come over. You guys are like about to go out and they're like, and you're like kind of bummed out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're a little stressed about the money. So you don't really want to go like, oh, can we stay home? And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? Are you an idiot? Like, like. That's not even the that example makes no sense. I'm gonna back it up. That example is the opposite. It's like it's like okay, you 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 and your friends are about to go out, and then you go out. And you are the one choosing to go out, and then all of a sudden you're like, "I just why are we spending so much money? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you?" And then it's like, "Dude, what are you talking about? I lost my job. Why are you being <laughs> such a jerk? You didn't tell me you lost your job. <laughs> what are you talking you know, about?" It, it, the, the the first the, the first analogy that comes to mind is like that literally like, "Oh, this guy committed a crime. He has to do like volunteer work. You know, whatever, some like C list crime, and he has to do volunteer work, community service to like for as a sentence. And then he gets there, and they're like." All right, like build this, help build this shed with like Habitat for Humanity. And everybody's like, all right, get to work. And he's like, what do I do? And at the end of the volunteer service, the judge is like, you didn't do anything. And he's like, they didn't tell me what to do. And they're like, 50 years in prison. He's like, <laughs> he's like are you serious? <laughs> you didn't, 
you go do I give you an opportunity for community service, you come and do it and you don't do anything and he's like they didn't tell me. Listen, what let to me do. tell you, let me tell you if I was Michael this would be my villain origin story. 100%. I'd be coming with a gun to to would... Twister's house and say, "Listen, buddy, you either leaving me alone or we have a real problem." <laughs> That's what you say with gun in hand? Yes. I feel like it'd be way angrier. Like, it wouldn't be like, hey, with like, just, and for the audience, I'm holding a metaphorical gun in my hand. But it's like, hey, you either lighten up or there's going to be some real problems. Just gun in hand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just, just like, rubbing it. Just rubbing, it would, it would be rubbing like, the barrel. This is so malicious. It's like, I feel like if you had a gun in your hand at that point with a gun in your hand, you would be way angrier. <laughs> like, that's why I'm saying it's like ridiculous, but we're going to have a real problem. Well, no, no, no. But see, but I'm saying for me, like, the, <laughs> that's like the teetering point of like true anger is like, I get, I, I get like so laser focused and it's like, listen, I'm I mean, giving you, I'm giving you your one and final chance. <laughs> I feel like you, you wouldn't hold the gun in your hand. You would intentionally, like before you walked up his porch steps, you would tuck your shirt in only on the spot where the gun's held in your waistband. And you'd be like, listen, I don't want to take matters into my own hands. And like, let him figure out where the gun is. But you would grab and the then, and, then, and then Twister And then Twister goes like, well, if you do that, like you're going to jail for a long time. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't Worth care. It. He like, Twister's like looking at you in your eyes and he's just like, what's wrong with this guy? He looks at you. You see him look at your waistband and, he, and he's like, Listen, man, if you kill me, <laughs> you'll go to prison for a long time. And Joey's like, I know. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Thought about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, now, I, like, okay, look, let's be honest. I would never kill a man, but, like, I would I would, I would, would do everything in my power to ruin that man's life. Because at this point, if, I'm telling you, at this point, I'd be like, okay, clearly Twister works for Aunt June. Or Julie, sorry. Jules. Jules. Aunt Jules. Uh, guess what? Don't care. I love them. They're family. Their ranch is going under. This man's out of a job. <laughs> oh, and now he's looking for work somewhere else. I'm going to ruin that chance. <laughs> he's gonna, so rich. He I'm going to buy make, out the company. I'm going to make this man so homeless. Oh, my God. <laughs> and not only are you going to be homeless, but you're going to be homeless in the middle of nowhere. There's no one going to give you money. <laughs> yeah, Everyone else is poor. God bless. I'm going to ruin your life. Twister, Twister. is, he's a, he is a villain. Villain. I hate Twister. Um, okay, so Michael realizes how selfish he's he's been and begins adapting to life on the ranch. He mends his relationship with Tommy, who reveals his father was terminally ill, and his medical bills combined with the loss of labor from his death snowballed into financial woes. Later, Michael is upset with when. Okay. Later, Michael is upset when Jules tells him that the ranch will be foreclosed soon because of the late mortgage payments, the low. The result of low profits. The bank plans to auction the family's ranch and personal property at the end of the month. This makes him feel a lot worse upon realizing why Jules sent Tommy to Los Angeles and further regretting not putting his social life on hold for family. Um, I'm just going to keep going. Hop in if you guys want to say something. Yeah. Um, Michael returns to Los Angeles after a month on the ranch, but realizes that he no longer enjoys his old lifestyle. He is able to tame a nervous horse from a lesson he learned from uh, from Mule in Montana. When did he learn that from Mule? Okay. Horse. Um, I don't remember that. He didn't learn this lesson. From yeah, and this is this is where the name horse sense starts to make sense because now horse Michael sense. Michael has the horse sense. I just picture Mule just like whispering into his ear majestically as he's like training the horse. Horse sense. 
Yeah, his, his like faded face in the background. Like, and I th- I'm pretty sure she, that, like thinks I'm, back to him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mule had a short haircut, but in this cut, he's got a really long haircut. Yeah, and it's, it's like, and the wind's blowing. Yeah, it. yeah it's, his hair's yep. out of the ponytail, and it's and it's down. and it's from the 90s. So like he's wearing a headdress. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and now in 2022, we look back and go, eh, "That's a little racist." Yeah, we go, <laughs> uh, pretty insensitive there. So, Michael ends his relationship with Gina after realizing that she is a rich snob. Which, okay. Yes, Gina is a rich snob, and yes, she is annoying, but also, like... So is he. It just, like... I think that at the beginning of the movie, when she keeps taking him away from Tommy, really, honestly, Michael should have just said no and put his foot down. And guess what? She probably would have been fine with it, because she clearly likes him. Mm -hmm. Like, she... Like, I just don't... Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't, like, it just, I get that, I get why she's portrayed as the villain, or, like, partially villain, but, like, ultimately, like, I just think, she just didn't realize the situation. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. And I'll just say these two things. One, if you're celebrating a two-week anniversary in a relationship, get out of the relationship. Yeah. Get out of it. Yeah, One. celebrating with an expensive watch. Two, <laughs> when you're on the ranch, and your girl calls you, and she just slams you gets real upset, hangs up on you. You're dealing with cows, and she calls you right back and says, Michael, I'm so sorry. I just got mad. I missed you so much. In the relationship. Hey, what? I I get crazy. Look, yes, no, I agree. I'm I'm not saying that they should have been together. I'm just saying that, like, the movie portrays her as the, like, she's the reason for Michael's was. No, she's not. No. Michael is the reason for Michael's was. Yes, and, like, here's the thing. It's, like, she, she, as a character is not necessarily flawed if that makes sense like yeah she is problematic for michael that does not mean that she is like she is not villain-esque because her personality is a functional personality yeah she just needs a different person than michael to be in a relationship with yeah her. yes but her, her personality there are plenty of people out there like that they're not villains. They don't have well, bad I don't, intentions. I don't necessarily even think she needs someone different than Michael. I just think Michael needs to be a little less selfish in the yes. beginning of the movie. Because honestly, like that's the thing is it's like it's selfishness, but it's not like malicious selfishness. Mm-hmm. That's what's interesting. It's not like he's a jerk to be a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like he really genuinely just like got over infatuated with yeah, Gina. He's just a people yes. pleaser, man. Yeah, like uh, what? Okay. We'll, it's we'll it's, it's honestly kind of compelling about like how like they're not like the okay, classic. That's, like, okay, that's what I was saying at the beginning of the movie. I like this because it is there's like some complex relational like issues going on here. You would think that with the way this movie was set up, honestly, the best analogy I could think of is they get he gets off that plane the same way that Miley Cyrus got off the helicopter in the Hannah Montana movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where she's wearing the glasses, yeah. she's like, "Ella, baby," and yeah. then she's on the ranch and she has like a she's so mad about it. Yeah. Like I thought that that was what it was going to be, but he's like. He understands the punishment. He like he's he's pretty level headed. He a, he he's annoyed that he has to do this, but he also is totally understanding that. Yeah. Like, like he he's taking the punishment on the chin, and yes. everyone else is making it miserable. For Which him. is miserable. like hats off to him for being as just like blessed. I like Michael. Yeah. yeah like, same. I mean, hats off to him for being as blessed and spoiled um, as he was. Okay, so... And taking that on the chin. When Michael chastises his father for not helping the bigs, he learns that Glenn had offered them financial aid, but Jules was too prideful to accept it. Michael sells his Porsche and returns to Montana to present the money 
from the sale to keep the ranch operational until a permanent solution can be devised. This is also missing the part where he opens up his trust fund and takes money out of it. Wild, crazy. Yeah. And the and the his financial advisor like you're gonna like there's gonna you're incurring a lot of fees. And also, this is not what trust fund money is for. You probably you probably can't actually ask access that money for years. Mm-hmm. Um, do, 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 do. Jules graciously rejects Michael's offer and suggests that it is time for she and Tommy to move on. And by moving on, that means she's going to go like live with her like brother in a trailer. <laughs> so sad, but so uh, sad. On the day of the auction, Michael recalls a real estate class he took that taught about the concept of land trust, which, if arranged in conjunction with the bank, would allow the bigs to remain on the property indefinitely, regardless of the debt. Michael successfully negotiates the terms with the bank. Jules agrees to let Michael continue working on the ranch and spend more time with the family. Later, Tommy and Michael finish a treehouse that Tommy and his father had never completed. Okay, which, let's talk about uh, that scene. Okay, yeah, wait, before we get to that scene... Well, actually, no, we'll, we'll hit that scene first. So, yeah, uh, Tommy has this treehouse that he and his dad started building and got, like, halfway finished, and then he passed. So, Michael, so Tommy, like, does, like, a little bit here and there. Uh, so then Michael, while Tommy and Jules are gone to a party, Michael completes the treehouse, and then when they roll back up, Tommy flips his lid and destroys, he, he starts lid. destroying the treehouse because he's so upset about it. And it's like, all right. I get it because that was a thing with your dad. Like I get, like yes. but you need to go to therapy. Yes, and also <laughs> like here's it, it was a, it was a little frustrating. Not enough for me to be like throw my hands up, but as he's destroying this treehouse that Michael had very kindly worked on as a gesture. It was a genuine expression. A ge- like I mean, maybe the most genuine expression I could even yep. think of. Just like yep. really empathetic. Jules just like watches Tommy destroy it and like I get it let him get like he he needs that but at the same time you gotta reprimand your child be like stop breaking it like you well, I don't even necessarily think it's that I think it, but I think that that should have been a conversation between them later like hey you need to apologize to Michael yes because I get that you're upset but like he he thought he was doing the right thing and think about how upset he is now that like instead of a thank you or I- I- anything remotely close to like being grateful he when he was ripping the parts off of that side of that tree I was, yep, yep. I was like you got like first of all he might hurt himself because yep. he, he kicked down the, the guardrail. That was the first thing he did. And then he just started ripping the board when I could only imagine him flailing his body to remove the nails. So I'm like, he's going to fall off this yep. house. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then back to the land trust thing. So basically the, which, okay, it's a classic Disney Channel, way too quick wrap up. Uh-huh. Uh, but like basically it's like because they're these wild horses on that, that live on the land, it's protected by the government basically is like a like, habitat yes and so it's like oh because of that like you can actually receive like the land the bank can own the land and then they'll pay you to like keep it for them basically it's almost like it's almost like adopting the pet from the spca you you, you save this pet we will pay for the medical Which, fees that but why did the banker not suggest this sooner that's what that was the first yeah. thing in my head because so for the for the listeners Michael goes to the bank and negotiates this with the with 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 the guy that works at the bank as if he hadn't considered the option. Well, they act as a professional. <laughs> they, they played it like he didn't even know it existed. I which mean, he literally might, said, which, "What is that?" Yeah, which might be which true. Is, which is mean. Which just means, like, you're bad at your job. So bad, like, dude. And he, on top like, of that, you're like, a banker in Montana. But like, exactly. We're like exactly. most of your clients have to be 
under this qualification. Like, if you were in L.A. as a banker, I would understand not knowing this. Mm-hmm. But you, like, you live and work in a place that this has got to be it's a your bread issues. and butter 75 percent of his clients have yeah. to own a lot well because, the, well because the whole thing was like basically michael's like i mean all the other ranches are closing right yes okay have you been able to sell any of them no okay so you guys are just like this is just costing you guys money like why don't you do this this yes. way this way it's not costing you money you're actually yes. making money you're you're oh i forgot about that too God, like and it's a win-win for both sides i forgot Dude, about that part it, because it just it, i mean ultimately michael is very clever for pulling this yes. off but it's like what is wrong with this banker i forgot yeah. about i forgot about the presentation of him the the turning point for the banker to be like oh yeah you're right is he michael was like you're losing money which so like that in itself is like this man's been losing money as a banker in Montana and didn't know, seemingly if he learned it in a college class, mm-hmm. a baseline, primary thing involved in his career. Yeah. On a test he got a D on. On a D on! So it like has to be like a basic, yeah. a basic principle yeah. of being a banker in a place where people own tons of farmland. And he's yeah. just like, oh my gosh, I am losing money. You're right, yeah. 20 year old. That's, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's that's horse sense. Here are my final thoughts on it. So I like this way more than I expected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was extremely predictable. Like, other yeah. than the banking thing, I thought the whole thing was fairly predictable. Uh, but overall, like, I can forgive it because the story was so good. And like I was saying, like, the character development I thought was great. I thought that, like, the the comp- the complexity of the, like, relationships between each character. Mm-hmm. I just thought, it, I thought overall, they actually made a pretty good, compelling movie. It yeah. just, like, or I guess it's a good, compelling story. Just the movie itself was a little lackluster. And to be honest with you, now that we're talking, after talking through the whole thing, I kind of realized that I like it more than I originally yeah. thought. But I, 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 I agree and also, I have to recognize like the audience that it's for. Obviously, like it's Disney Channel, so it can't be like that layered. But yeah. see, it did it did make it lackluster. Sure. I also I also forgot to bring this up earlier, but uh, let's get into daddy issues. A pod within a pod. <laughs> I don't hit it. <laughs> I don't. I know. Wah, wah, daddy issues. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I feel like every single time so we try, I think on, we skip it. So on our list, uh, number one, we've got the Smart House Dad. Number two, Z- the Xenon Dad. Number three, Charlie's Dad from Genius. I'm going to figure out the names of these characters also and change this. Okay. Number four, the Dad from Brink. Number five, Fran's Dad from uh, hmm. D-Lub. Um, number Yuck. six, 13th Year Dad. Number seven, the Can of Worms Dad. And number eight, Pete Tsunami. <laughs> The worst dad so far. The worst dad uh, so far. Where are we going to put Glenn? Glenn, Michael's dad, right? Yes. Glenn, um, Michael's dad. Because he's yeah, the only dad. dad. Is, yeah, you're right. Um, I think that he is a very responsible dad. Yeah. Punishing him the way that he was is actually... I think I think he really was like... I think he's got a level head on his shoulders. And really yeah. is trying to like teach his son. And is not just like absent father. A real life, a real life Xenon grounding. Yes. Um, I think yeah. that... Honestly, I'm I am gonna say he falls directly under Smart House Dad, right above Xenon Dad at number two. Yep. yep. I think that I think that the Smart House Dad is st- he just because we got so much of him. Yep. Uh, I hundred percent agree. And I literally was gonna say put him right above the Xenon Dad because I feel like him and the Xenon Dad are very very similar. That's why I said the like the grounding was a very responsible thing for the Xenon Dad to do, and he basically did the same thing and kept in touch nearly the same way. And like held his ground, still cared. Yep. 
That's that's the big thing. Still, he still cared while he was gone. He handled the situation really well. And honestly, bumped up a little bit because because I also thought, which I also liked about the movie because it made me think, why didn't you save the farm? And he's like, I tried. And I was like, you know what? That's good. Okay. Well, and it's also Answers like the question. yeah, and he's like, well, why didn't I hear about it? It's like, well, I mean, like it wasn't really important for you to know about all yeah. this. Like, get, uh, I need to tell you yes. about about your family's um, bankruptcy. Okay, so moving <laughs> on to. Ranking the villains. Pearson, hit it. Dun 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 bum 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 Rank the villains. Rank the villains. Rank the villains. Rank, rank. The villains. That was good. Strong. That was good. Um, I'm super fine with Twister being the villain in this one. Yeah. Well, let me get the let me read out the list and then I'll okay. tell you who I think the villain is, and the answer is Twister. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, number one, we've got Calabar from Halloween Town. Number two, Brett and Pete from Johnny Tsunami. Number three, the cousins from The Lucky Dog. Number four, Lutz and Wyndham from Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. Number five, uh, The Boogeyman from D-Love. Number six, Pat and Ben from Smart House. Seven, Bad Skater Boys from Brink. Eight, Charlie Chaz from Genius. Nine, Zookeeper from Can of Worms. And ten, Mom and Jess's Dad from 13th Year. So, really, the villain is Michael. He's his own worst enemy in this one. Yeah. Like, let's be I mean, really, he is the villain. Uh, Tommy does do some villainous things just by being, like, kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like kind of past where he should have been, but he's yeah. not on this list because it's like that's nothing. Uh, Twister is for sure the villain just because I hate him. Um, so we're <laughs> he going... also is like the like very truly I think he is the villain. Like he becomes the antagonist. So the real villains, let's say, are Twister and selfishness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so even Michael like is redeemed at the 100%, end. Hundred percent. It's just his selfishness. Yeah. So where do we want to put Twister and selfishness on the list? Uh you guys I've sent it to you. You guys yeah. should have yeah. this so you can every actually time, look at it. Every time I've tried to pull it up, it hasn't opened for me. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, but don't knock your cup over. Um okay, so I am just kind of getting a feel here. I think that they're not real I don't selfishness is a good villain. It and is. I just don't like Twister. But like Twister really isn't that like he's kind of the villain no he is but i just don't think he's that compelling compared to some of these other people on this list um i definitely think i like honestly i'm torn i think it should go somewhere around the bad skater boys from brink i think it should go under the bad skater boys from Brink. you think under the bad skater boys see yeah because i could i think i could hear a argument for i could hear an argument for pretty much anywhere but i hate Um, charlie and Chaz. Yeah, oh. but like, but we just hate them because they suck. Because they suck. Yeah, we <laughs> like don't actually hate uh-huh, uh-huh. them. And like that's the thing, because like selfishness is the villain. But if it was just, if we were just ranking selfishness, like that's got to be that's pretty low on yeah. this list. And honestly, Twister, I just don't like him. He's but, just a dick. Well, exactly. It, it's because selfishness is a, is a is a a fixable villain technically. Like it's like yeah, you can fix selfishness. Yes, by being humbled now. My gut, Pearson. Where do you want to put this? I think Before I agree. Matt goes. I think I agree with "Below the Bad Skater Boys" above Charlie and Chaz. Okay, genius. And Matt, what were you saying? My gut, when I looked at the list, said "Below the Bad Skater Boys," and when I look at the rest of the list, and I see Charlie and Chaz, Zookeeper from Can of Worms, and Mom and Jess's uh, dad from Thirteenth Year, I, I just the reason those are so low is because they just stunk. Yeah, they're just like all, all of them awful. It's not that it's not that Twister was a bad villain. It's yeah. just that his his villainous acts were not. 
entirely compelling enough for him to be higher on the list. And also, you got to consider it's from the lens that we're looking at this from. Like, yeah. If we were some rednecks, we'd probably be on Twister's side. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So, the new uh, number eight is Twister and Selfishness from Horse Sense. Uh, and then I'm just going to go down from there. Number nine, Charlie Chaz from Genius. Number 10, The Zookeeper from Can of Worms. And number 11, rounding up that last spot, is Mom and Jess's Dad from 13th Year. Gross. So, now it's time to rank the DCOMs. Pearson, hit it. Ranking, ranking, ranking. You gotta rank them. Rank, 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 one day we're gonna remember one of these and do it every time i feel and maybe it's just because maybe we just need to go back and re-listen to these just so we can figure out what our best one is in the practice it might be because i watched regular show all the way through recently but oh i love I, regular every time show. we do these i'm feeling like more kind of regular sure. bone, <laughs> give me some sugar give me some pops give me some sugar hand boning will save your life one day <laughs> okay so uh what are we gonna rank this on our patented PBE five point scale. This one's so tough for me because I where my heart's at is I want to give it a three, but it's so far away from a low three. But I also think it's just like not a middle of the pack four either. But I would rather err on the side of four than three. So you're saying you're saying four? I think I think it's a three. Pearson, what do you think? Pearson, oh, you're both saying three. Yeah, I'm saying three. Okay, saying well three. here, let me let me let me try to convince y'all for a four. Okay. Okay. So, I I, just, I think really so far this is the most character development we've seen in any of these movies. Yeah. I think this is mm, the Johnny Tsunami. But yeah, but that's a five. Like that's a different. That's a different <laughs> tier. What did that's we a, give Genius? Uh, Genius he, got a two. two. And what did we give Smart House? Smart House got a three. It's a three. Yeah. I'm giving it a three. This is, I think that this is, I think this is better than Smart House for sure. Yeah. Well, but we'll get to the actual, Okay, let's just stick to the five point scale. Sure, sure, sure. I think, I think four, I think that like, it doesn't get, like, think about it. This is, I think this is a good movie. I think it's a, I think it's like, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Like I think it's a, a low tier four, but I think it's a four, guys. I, like very like this movie. Like I was invested in these characters. There the was character silliness for good. sure, but I think I was really invested. And like we were saying, like we're talking about it right now. Like like the inner character like relationships are so interesting. Like the the conversation we had about Gina is like, is she really bad? Like it just wasn't that. And I get why it wasn't, but it just wasn't that goofy, which sometimes makes these movies easier to watch. And there wasn't, like, genius, too goofy. Don't look under the bed, the most and most unnecessarily goofy. But, like, Smart House, it's goof, it's, it's goofy. Or, like, I'm trying, like Halloween Town, kind of goofy. This movie sure. is, like, so serious, and it's, like... But it wasn't necessarily <sighs> boring. It wasn't which boring. Was good. That's, that's I. I just yeah. here, ultimately, I just think that it is like. I think it's. I think it's good enough to be considered good. I just don't like. I just think that it's. It's. I was intrigued the whole time, and part of that is also the fact that I thought this was going to be a horse movie, and sure. it just turned out to not kind of really be a horse movie at all. At all. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sticking on four. Let's. But let's go. Let's. Let's go through the the vote real quick. So uh, who thinks it's a Higher than a two, raise your hand. Everyone's raising their hand. Who thinks it's higher than a three? Raise your hand. Matt, you're going to the four? It's just because I think it's better than Smart House. 
And I'm but like, it can, again, okay, let's clear it up. You're you right. Shouldn't have done that because yeah, now you're, right. you're thinking that's on in me. those terms. That's yeah, what's, let's it's, just stick it. No, there. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give it a three. You're I'm gonna give it a three. three. Okay, yeah. great. So our three star ranked movies are Smart House. That's it. So do we think it's better or worse than Smart House? Better. I think it's better. Better than, than Smart House. House. Okay. So. Great. Let me. Which, looking at this, it's in a great place for where I. I think. Yeah. Like, I think I, the number five spot is a great place. Like I just, horses. I couldn't help, but I couldn't get the list out of my head because I was like, I'm definitely not putting it above Brink, and I'm definitely putting it above Smart House, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get it out. On God. On okay. God. So our new rankings of the decoms uh, in number number one is Johnny Tsunami. Number two, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Number three, Halloween Town. Number four, Brink. Number five, Horse Sense. Number six, Smart House. Number seven, Genius. Number eight, Can of Worms. Number nine, You Lucky Dog. Number ten, Don't Look Under the Bed. And number eleven, Thirteenth Year. Once you get past Genius, guys, I just think it's Ooh. crazy that we got Don't Look Under the Bed so far under Genius. But Dude, the place that they sucks. The movie so sucked. It was so bad. It was the worst movie I've ever seen. I would 13th rather Year begs to differ. I would rather watch the ten minutes at the end of Lucky Dog. An hour and 40 minutes worth. I kind of want to show that. I, I, I want to show people that ending. <laughs> so people can be like, what? <laughs> um, okay. Well, this has been your play by your podcast, your one-stop shop for music news, movie reviews, and... And our next movie is Up, Up, and Away. Yep. Our next movie is nice. Up, Up, and Away, Black Superheroes. Yes. Um, which is going to be on. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, keep it keep it real, Buster. Buster.